I'm Representative Liz Olson. I'm Representative Jamie Long. And we're the co-hosts of the Minnesota Values Podcast. Liz and I bring you real stories from real Minnesotans about the values that inspire action at our state capitol and in our communities. Listen anywhere podcasts are available. Welcome to this episode of the Minnesota Values Podcast. This is your co-host, Representative Jamie Long. Hi, and it's Liz Olson back for episode two of the 2021 legislative session. And I'm excited for our special guest today because it's a fellow Duluthian. Do you, do you all have a nickname? Are you like the Duluth duo or the dynamic Duluthers? Or? Uh, you know what? That's a great idea. We do have a pretty awesome delegation, though, I, I have to say. We don't often talk about it, but it is an all-woman all delegation. So we're unique in that way, which is fun. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, well, we're here to talk about the public option today and really, really excited to dig into this uh, bill that you're carrying, Representative Schultz. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for the invitation. So Representative Schultz, we're really happy to have you here. I think this is the first time you've been on this podcast, but you have been working on healthcare pretty much your whole life. Um, I know that's your background and the expertise you bring to the legislature, which is incredibly awesome because you are carrying one of the most important bills this session. You are carrying the public option bill and not just carrying it, but you are working on every detail of the legislation. So can you give us a little bit of an overview of what is the public option bill and what does it do for Minnesotans? Thanks for that question. This is one of the most important bills I think I've carried in my legislative career. And what it does, it expands health insurance coverage to individuals who are currently uninsured or can't afford health insurance. And it's built off of the Minnesota Care Program, a program we've had in Minnesota since 1992. It was supported by a Republican governor and had really strong bipartisan support of the legislature. So what it does is it covers groups such as undocumented non-citizens who currently only have access to health care in an emergency room, which is really expensive care and not the best care you can get. The second group it covers are individuals who have employer coverage, but it's not affordable for their family members because the Affordable Care Act defines affordability based on just the employee-only coverage and that premium. So it would, it would allow people who get it through their employer, their dependents or spouse to get it through the public option. And another group it covers are those in the gig economy who don't get coverage through their employer and can't afford coverage on the individual market because the premiums are high, the out-of-pocket costs are high, deductibles are around $6,000. So it's very, very expensive to get health care. Um, and this would also include farmers. We've heard a, a lot from farmers who cannot get affordable coverage for themselves or their family. We had several testifiers in committees, Cindy and um, Dan, who um, were so grateful when they did qualify for our current Minnesota care program. But then when their income rose and they were no longer eligible, they just could not afford coverage on the individual market. And we heard from Amelia, who uh, was in the hospital with her father who had contracted COVID. And she knew that he desperately needed care. They didn't have coverage. Um, you know, he was just trying to survive. And he was getting the care, but you know they were they're going to be stuck with a really expensive hospital bill, 
um, after he leaves the hospital, hopefully for a full recovery. But it's really, 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 really unfortunate that um, in Minnesota, we have about 4% of our population that are not insured. And that means they can't access health care. And we have a higher percentage that they're insured, but they can't afford the deductible. So they really don't have um, access to affordable health care. So we're excited about this bill. It also allows um, individuals who work for small businesses, so those businesses with 50 or fewer employees, um, access to affordable health care. And so we're, we think this is um, a really exhaustive list of individuals who currently are not eligible. Um, we are excited about what's happening at the federal level under President Biden, um, and we're hoping to leverage significant federal funds to do this expansion. Well, and folks may recall the Affordable Care Act, and this was a, a big debate at the time about whether or not to have a, a public option. Um, I was working in Congress then, and, and we didn't get it done. So that has left a lot of folks who, even though we did expand coverage substantially, still have fallen through the cracks in, their, in the healthcare coverage that we have as a state. So this, this would really be filling in those gaps, right, to cover folks who otherwise right now don't have good options. Yes, it would fill in those gaps. And we've seen, you know, a lot of work done since the Affordable Care Act, and this just builds off of that. Um, and hopefully we'll partner with the federal government to do that, that building. And there's a few items in the current stimulus bill that we're excited about. There's a cap of um, income and how much you pay in premiums of eight and a half percent. More people are eligible currently with the language in the stimulus bill where there's no income um, measurement. So those above 400% of the federal poverty level are eligible to buy on the individual market and potentially um, be eligible for those tax credits to reduce the premium. Um, and then there's COBRA coverage for those who lose their job and can get COBRA coverage with an 85% subsidy. One thing that, you know, you're on the Minnesota Values podcast, we have both the folks who love the, the policy parts of it and also, you know, the pieces that unite us. And what I heard in your description, too, is you're talking about Minnesotans from all across the state, different walks of life. I mean, it really seems like it's bringing people together. Are you hearing that in terms of the people that want this to become law in our state and are working with you? Are you seeing kind of a nice diversity of, you know, you've talked about farmers, you've talked about immigrant communities, you've really talked about what unites us. And so tell us a little bit about the kinds of groups and people you're working with to, to make this a reality. Yes, we're getting a lot of support from various organizations that represent people from all over the state. For example, the, the Land Stewardship Project has been involved in support of the Minnesota Farmers Union, the Minnesota Catholic Conference. They are really excited about covering undocumented non-citizens. The Minnesota Budget Project, Take Action Minnesota, the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits, because nonprofits would like to cover their employees and make sure they have coverage in their small businesses. Um, so really, really broad coverage from our diverse set of groups. And I'm also, you know, hearing from Republicans about the challenges their constituents have in getting coverage. And they're asking a lot of questions and um, they're asking good questions and to figure out how this works. Now, this is a plan that really involves both the public and the private market. So we're leveraging um, our private health insurance plans, but we're providing some subsidies at the government level. So it really is a true partnership. And I am hoping that we can get bipartisan support. You mentioned too the, that this isn't just folks who don't have coverage, these are also folks who may have coverage but can't afford it. 
Um, and I've, I've heard a lot of that in my district with, with people who have extremely high uh, deductibles or premiums and are just having a difficult time um, you know, themselves covering the cost. And then I've also heard from a lot of folks who feel like they're locked into their employer because their employer has good health coverage or their spouse's employer has good health coverage. And so that means essentially they can't ever, they feel like they can never leave that job. Like they always are going to have to be um, with an employer who provides healthcare and they can't go out and start a business or do something on their own. So it sounds like this bill would help with, with both of those. It would, it would allow people to be entrepreneurs because some people do have what is called job lock where they're only with their employer because they can get health insurance for themselves or their family members. And this would allow them another option to get affordable health insurance. And we may see more innovation and creativity in our state um, if this passes and, and more um, innovation and it could attract more you know, high quality workforce to Minnesota. Um, because we have this option in many other states. Many other states are looking at something similar, but I don't think they're as, as far ahead as we are because we have this Minnesota care program and we've had it for a long time. Um, but, you know, economists have always complained about attaching your health insurance to your employer. It is a large uh, tax advantage and it's regressive, meaning more people who make higher income get a bigger discount on their health insurance premium. And so, you know, we, that's probably the largest tax expenditure in this country is that tax preference, getting insurance through their employer with using pre-tax dollars. I think you've done a great job explaining the bill, but also the underlying pieces around equity, around care. Um, you know, so what, what do you believe to be true about Minnesota that's making this you're really getting far in the process of working with groups and working with people. But what do you think it is about Minnesotans or our values that really make this something that could become a reality hopefully soon? I think Minnesotans really do care about their, their neighbors and the rest of the state. And they want to make sure everyone has access to high quality health care. They really do. And we see that with the, the popularity of the Affordable Care Act. It's more popular now than it has ever been before in our history. And so we, there it really is a con this concern um, and empathy for others. And you know, the pandemic has really, really shed a light on this, that it is important that everyone has access to good healthcare, not just for themselves, but for their friends, families, and neighbors. And I think now more than ever, we see strong support of making sure people can get healthcare that they need. And you mentioned that Minnesota care is really unique. Uh, and that was something that we came together as a state and recognized that there, there were needs that we weren't meeting for helping care for our neighbors. And can you talk a little bit about, you know, what, what the program that you're building on Minnesota Care looks like and, and why that is something that we all as a state have, have valued and decided to support? Right. So it, it does build on this really strong foundation that, remember, had bipartisan support. And, you know, back in the 90s, we also wanted to make sure everyone had coverage. So our values are very strong and persistent through time in the state. And people, you know, in the 90s, I, I started my PhD program and I wanted to study things that were happening in Minnesota. So I came to Minnesota to learn about healthcare reform and innovation because we were the leader. Everyone was looking at Minnesota and people who are trained at our ex excellent University of Minnesota and School of Public Health, they went out across the country and tried to replicate what we were doing in Minnesota and other states. So now we're going to, you know, take back that lead, I hope, in our state and work on this innovation and build on this strong program into something that covers people that don't have coverage. So really expand coverage. And that helps 
our hospitals in greater Minnesota survive, their uncompensated care will really come down because more people have coverage and they'll get reimbursed for those services rather than not get reimbursed. So I really think there are a lot of winners by expanding coverage, not just making sure people get health care, but really keeping our whole health care system healthier. So glad you're working on this, Jen. It must feel somewhat full circle now hearing that you in the 90s came to Minnesota to study the very program that now you're building your legislation off of. I mean, it's so great to just not only have you working on it, but someone who's worked on this for, for you know, decades now here doing this. So it, what, do you, what do you need from our listeners? What do you need from Minnesotans? How can we help you make this a reality this legislative session? You know, it would be great if, uh, if people in Minnesota would contact their elected officials at the state level and even at the federal level to really demand reform as soon as possible and to support the public option. So if you have, if you're represented by a Republican in our state, call your Republican legislator and ask them to contact me and to support House File 11. I think that's what we need more than ever. And I've been, you know, very busy behind the scenes contacting various local chambers of commerce, the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce, to ask them to survey their small business owners to see if this would be something that they could support and want and desire. Because I am hearing from a lot of small businesses that can't afford their premiums for their employees because when one person gets sick, their premiums really rise and they can no longer offer that coverage. Then, you know, contacting the CEOs of all our large healthcare systems to show how important it is to cover our undocumented non-citizens. It's a racial equity issue. And I know they're very supportive of addressing equity issues and social justice going forward. So um, I am getting contacted by a lot of people. I'm explaining the bill, but it would be great to hear more voices um, contact their Republican legislators directly. And this is a, a new proposal. I know the public option idea has been out there before, but this is the first session that you're carrying this bill, I, I think. And we, we did an exercise uh, this week where we were each asked to pick our top three priorities for the session. And this was on my list because I'm so excited about this bill and the work you're doing, uh, Representative Schultz. And so, but this is, this is a new concept. So it's something that hopefully, you know, Minnesotans can get excited about and engaged around, right? Yeah, you know, it isn't that new. We've had several legislators in, in the past introduce something similar. Um, this is a little bit different because we're relying on something we already have. We're just expanding that product to more people. So I think the health plans, many people are familiar with it. And many people understand what Minnesota Care is. And it's a highly valued product that I think a lot of people can get behind. And it's, you know, people can pay the full premium and get access, which doesn't exist today. And that's what we're offering is just people can pay in to the system, the full premium if they don't qualify for subsidies and get affordable healthcare coverage and access to really high quality providers and hospitals. That's great. And I mean, we do this podcast, we hear a lot of legislation, but I feel like a re like more igniting after this, like I'm pretty jazzed, Jen, for House File 11, like being able to have you here, um, hopefully our listeners and others just hearing from you, I think really puts the picture to what this will do for our state, like how much better we will be as a state, how much healthier we will be as a state, how much more united we will be as a state when everybody has the coverage they need. So I'm, I'm thrilled you're here and I'm thrilled that we'll be able to bring this out to listeners this week. But I know your bill's making it through uh, its necessary stops, but engaging more people and having folks contacting their legislators we know will be helpful. So we're really glad you're here. And Jamie, do you want to do the treat of asking Jen the question we ask to. everybody? 
So for all our guests, we try to give a little bit of a, a taste of who they are uh, when they're not uh, legislating. And so what's one fun fact about Jen Schultz that our listeners might not know? I don't think many people know that I knit and it's something that <laughs> relaxes me. Now, I haven't done a lot of knitting since being elected, but I had to go back to it a, f- a few weeks ago because I needed to relax. But when I moved to Duluth, and this was before I had a family, I thought I need to meet more people. I didn't have children. And so I taught myself how to knit so I could go to knitting groups and meet more people. I love it. <laughs> I love are you it. a hat and scarf kind of knitter? Or are you, are you more I like knit, a yep, I knit hats, scarves, sweaters. I know I'm, I'm knitting a purse that I'm going to fill. And I, if, I, if I had more time, I could give these out as gifts, but I just don't. <laughs> well, we need longer floor sessions then where you can be knitting from home, I guess is what you're saying. <laughs> right, right. Oh, well, we're really glad you're here, Jen. This is great. And to talk about House File 11, the public option. And thank you for joining us. And listeners, please subscribe. Please share this important podcast because together we can really realize a Minnesota where everyone can thrive and you're a part of that. So thank you, listeners. <laughs>